Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Kero. My name is Hans and I'm Edward. And thank you so much for joining us for our fifth episode. Uh, we're getting there. Can you believe Jeez. it? It's been a month. Yeah, hey. exactly a month now. I can't believe it. Fifth episode. Thank you so much to those of you mm. who have been tuning in. We can see the statistics. Yeah. And we have people from all over the world, which is really which amazing. Is amazing yeah. So thank you to each and every one of you who keep tuning in every week. Um, we, we love doing this. And if you enjoy listening, it really brings us joy. Yeah, like <laughs> we love talking about what we love. And when you love listening to us talking about what we love... <laughs> It's Eve. It's just a bunch of love going around. It's the cherry on the top of our week. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Well, look, speaking of our fifth episode, five is actually my lucky number. Mm. Um, I believe it brings me luck. Not that I'm superstitious or anything, but given that we're speaking about that now. Of superstition. Today is Friday the 13th. Yep. Which we all know generally has negative connotations. Yeah, in in general, people don't like the number thirteen. They don't all like because of. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't guess what we're trying to do, it's the noise <laughs> for Jason. <laughs> yeah, it's the Jason's theme because of Friday the Thirteenth. The films, yeah, okay? exactly. With that said, um, we decided to look into it a bit more, and it turns mm. out that Friday the Thirteenth is actually incredibly interesting. Yeah. There are a lot of unique and interesting facts yeah. about this date. Yeah, like, like we don't know anything about Friday the 13th or why people don't like it. Well, other than that fact but... that Jason kills people. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking about the date. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, so we managed to find a bunch of interesting tidbits, like the fact that the first day of the month needs to be a Sunday. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Better otherwise... than a Monday. <laughs> yeah, much better than a Monday. Um, otherwise, there just can't be a 13th. Well, see, now that also I find very interesting because mm. it's a Sunday, mm. right? Beginning of the month. Yeah. And Sundays are generally religious days. Yeah. Correct. This leads to something else that we found out, which yeah. really this, this blew my mind a little bit. And it has to do with the fact that the number or Friday the 13th actually relates to Friday that Jesus was crucified in the sense of at that dinner, Judas was the 13th person to arrive, which then gave the number even more significance yes uh pretty much um jesus and his 12 disciples including judas they had the last supper and judas betrayed jesus and he got crucified on a friday correct so it all just ties back perfectly, together and, perfectly together yeah and this is why basically the end days ev- are everything coming. is <laughs> happening and the end days are coming um speaking of end days um, another tidbit we discovered is that space hates Earth. Don't we know this already. <laughs> <laughs> so not only does it smell, yeah. it now hates Earth, right? Exactly. <laughs> space has been flinging rocks at Earth for a millennia now. For much and longer. one so, of those... The almost, poor dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, one of them hit. Um, a few years ago, 2015, one of those almost hit Earth. Okay. And then in 2029... Another one is almost hitting Earth. And what's the date going to be? It's going to be a Friday, Friday the 13th. 13th. <laughs> so, yeah, space hates Earth. And then another fact we discovered, which is actually, it goes back to our geekdom, um, <laughs> because we are big geeks and nerds here. Uh, it's famous. because you're kind of sitting next to a Thor. That's why. Oh, that as well. <laughs> um, Loki sucks. What? Yeah, Loki sucks. Um, pretty much, he crashed a party. 
for Balder. Or I don't Wait, think okay, it was so for Balder. You're talking about Norse mythology, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and Loki comes yes. from Norse mythology. Uh, and he made the blind core god Hodor, I think was mm. his name. He Hodor, like him. hold the door? No, I, I, I'm not sure how you, oh, okay. spell, uh, how you say it, yeah. but it's H-O-L-D-E-R or something. Um, he tricked him into killing Balder with a dart made of mistletoe. Oh, interesting. And, wow. and evidently, Loki is the thir- 13th god to be at that party uh, which would have only been 12 which oh so this is how now how interesting is that mm. that sounds very i wouldn't say it's not the same as like christian religion mm. but how interesting is it, it it's that this its... is another nordic religion yeah which has a very similar symbolism yes it's hey? very similar that's fascinating yeah. that's fascinating this time it's a god of mischief granted and not just some random betrayer but yeah well, look, if you found any of these facts interesting, um, we have the full list of 13 facts for Friday the yep. 13th on Bamers.com. So definitely yes, go and are. check that out. There are out. a bunch of super interesting ones. Now, speaking of the fact that you're now referencing North mythology and, and Thor and Loki, yeah. um, we all know that they're wonderful characters in Marvel's cinematic universe. Yes. Now, I actually found some other super interesting information. So essentially, what I found is that Neil deGrasse Tyson has revealed that Marvel is, for all intents and purposes, more scientifically accurate than DC. And this is specifically when it comes to the origins of the heroes and the superheroes in the franchise, Including the gods. So that's what gets a little bit murky, uh-huh. but it's more along the lines of, if you look at the entirety of both catalogs yes. for each comic book house, you'll find that most of Marvel's heroes are more scientifically backed than those in DC. But that makes so, sense. Like a great example would be how like Captain America comes from the super soldier formula. Yeah. How the Hulk was almost the same super soldier formula, but with gamma radiation. Yes. How Peter Parker, for example, was bitten by a radioactive spider mm. and so on and so forth. So essentially what he found is that Marvel's heroes have more scientifically accurate origins than those in DC. Well, that makes sense because if you look at Aquaman, um, he's just, no explanation, just the god of Atlantis. It's the same as uh, Wonder Woman. She's yeah, just, uh, just an Amazonian. Amazonian and they're right? naturally like that. So and it's all... Clark Kent is an alien. Yeah. And the Green Lantern Krypton. is just somebody with a powerful ring. Yeah. So basically, it all comes down to space magic or it's always been like that for DC. For DC. Yeah. Which is not all bad. No, it's how it is. You know, I mean, I mean, it's not to say that one is better than the other, but I just thought it was fascinating. It is, you know, the, the super fact cool. that there's actual, you know, if you look at it from a science perspective or, or like a real perspective, mm. that I guess in some ways Marvel is more plausible than DC. Yeah, it's technically Marvel has more origin than DC in that regard. Well, scientific origin, yeah. rather. Well, I guess. I mean, of course, you know, they do deal in mysticism and magic and so on and yes. so forth. They, they both do. Yeah. So with that in mind, yeah. you were telling me about an ear rumble earlier this week. Oh. And I was just like, are you developing superpowers or something? <laughs> okay, let me give some context. For the longest time, I could rumble my ears. Now, <laughs> I can't explain it in good words other than I can make a sound in my head with my ears so that I've been, sounds like a rumbling yeah i've been giving this some thought yeah and to me i would almost imagine that it's like a it's like blood rushing past your ear canal it, i can see why you think that yeah but apparently according to ifl it's actually a muscle that you just you tense it up and i always so you are a mutant 
No, I'm just a normal <laughs> being that can do something others cannot. And apparently it's not that common. Which I thought it's super common. I thought everyone okay, could do okay, it. Okay, wait. So you can do something yeah. that is not common. Apparently. Okay. Which could be perceived as an ability. Maybe like the slightest of abilities. Hashtag the Sentinels need to know your location. <laughs> the Sentinels do absolutely not need to know my location. <laughs> anyway, it's just an interesting thing. I think that's quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and apparently it blocks out the high pitching noises. Yeah. Oh, so you're blocking out Wi-Fi. Yeah. It, <laughs> the old ball and chains. <laughs> Only jokes. We love you, Marianne. <laughs> yeah. Another cool thing that I came across this week are kangaroo words. What are those? So a kangaroo word is a word that contains letters of another synonymous word in its correct sequence. Okay. Okay. So essentially it's like the word masculine containing the word male, which is a synonym for the first word. Oh, okay. In Afrikaans, um, we call that tautologia. Seriously? Yeah. So I didn't know that. Uh, it's not exactly the same as... As a kangaroo word, yes. I th- the way I understand it. But basically, like a dove. We call it a turtle dave. Okay. Doves, uh, dave a turtle. They do that. <laughs> oh. So basically, oh, okay. it's just oh, the I see. same. Okay. So that's a little bit different. So, so what is the word for dove again? Turtle dave. Okay, so and dave is what? Dove. Okay, but but turtle is a name that it... I mean, that's the word, what we the, call the it. The sound, the sound that it makes. Yes. Okay, so this is a bit different. Uh-huh. So yours is more along the lines of attributing the sound the animal makes with its name. Yes, to give it a name, and, and copy right? in yeah. This is a little bit different. Okay. Okay, so like another example would be how the word alone yeah. contains its synonym, which is loan. Okay. Do, does that make sense? Oh. Do you see? Do you see so, now? <laughs> because loan and alone are the same words. They're synonymous with one another, yes. Oh. But but the the second word is in the same sequence, and essentially, so what it basically looks at is how because kangaroos carry their young in the pouches, they carry yes. their joeys, right? Yeah. Kangaroo words carry joeys within themselves. That's cool. So that's like alone where, and alone. Correct. That's yes. such a okay. Yes. Okay. That's quite nifty, right? That's amazing. I also thought I thought that was a, that was a pretty pretty awesome. Where did it originate from? So it turns out that kangaroo words were originally popularized as a word game. Uh-huh. By Ben O'Dell in an article for the American Magazine in the 1950s. Okay. So it's American. Of course, consumerism would, <laughs> would come up with the word. Ah, ah, ah. Listen, I'm so glad you brought up consumers. Yeah. Um, speaking of, have yeah. you been seeing or rather hearing about how PlayStation fanboys are rioting because PlayStation oh, exclusives I are saw coming that on to Twitter PC? And I just can't. I'm sorry, but that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I don't care what console you prefer, whether it's PlayStation, Xbox, or even PC. If you're going to break your platform and write about it just because more people can play the games, it, yeah. that's, you've, you've got an issue, buddy. And I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know. I'd really love to know where this kind of fanboyism stems from. It makes no sense. Because oh, each console has it. Yeah. You know, you have the Xbox. The Sony ponies. Yep. And I don't know what we call Nintendo people. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo. I don't know. But essentially, it's these people who have this otherworldly brand loyalty mm. to companies that, and let's be real here, don't really care about their consumers. Yep. Okay. I mean, you're going to go and bash your PlayStation in? 
Sony doesn't care yeah. because you're probably going to buy another one. Yeah, and they already <laughs> so, got your money. Yes, like and now they're going to get even more money by putting that game on other platforms. And, and the whole the whole premise behind putting your allegiance behind one company is strange to me. Yeah, I mean, as a gamer. And as, as a fortunate gamer, I'm able to have all the consoles mm-hmm. and I have a PC, etc., and so forth. And so why would I want to restrict myself to one thing? You know, I mean, it makes I, no sense. I, I mean, sure, exclusives are one thing. And I, I know that a lot of Sony people have been pushing that agenda for the last couple of years. Yeah. So saying Xbox and, and Nintendo, well, not really Nintendo, but more Xbox don't have exclusives and so on and so forth. But like to be mad that these games now are being opened up to a larger population Mm -hmm. of people that's a good thing also if you are a fan of a game surely you want as many people to enjoy the game as as possible well you'd think so but these people oh have have this irrational notion that oh no sony has now betrayed them because the game is now available on another platform and you know what i find strange about this is that although i enjoy all of the consoles i do have somewhat of a preference towards xbox of course but the only so reason for this is because of the way microsoft have changed gears over the last several years so as an xbox gamer i know that my library from the original xbox all the way through to the xbox one and soon the series x works on any new future console yeah but in addition to that it also works on pc yeah they're open yes they're open that they've opened it up so as an xbox consumer i don't see an issue with this at all yeah. and i find it odd that sony loyalists are getting so upset about it rather they should be open to it and embrace it because yeah. this can only mean good things for playstation going forward exactly while we're speaking about consoles and i know we've spoken about playstation now i must mention something else with regards to microsoft uh-huh. they're the only console manufacturer right now that forces people to purchase internet connectivity which it kind of sucks yes yeah, so like they've, they're so forward thinking in many respects with like xbox game pass and crossplay and and so on and so forth but i find it so strange how they're still locking free-to-play titles behind xbox live gold wall yeah. to a certain degree i i do get this mm-hmm. because i know that the that xbox live is a superior network nobody can really deny it sure Great it has downtime and so on and so forth but overall it's better than a lot of other implementations on other manufacturers and console makers regardless but yes with that said a free-to-play title should be able to be played for free yes regardless um, of how you connect to the internet um, I still think the entire premise of paying to get internet access in the first place on a console for a line you're already paying is is very anti-consumer. Is anti-consumer. Yeah. 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 Um, either way, because we love Xbox as much as we do, I think we have the right to critique them on this. Because, well, yeah. anyone really, to be honest, yeah, it just I mean, doesn't make sense. Free-to-play titles are free-to-play on basically any platform, with what? the exception of Xbox right now. Exactly. And as an Xbox consumer, that bothers me. Yes. Because, as I said before, they're quite innovative in so many respects that mm-hmm. this is genuinely just keeping them back. Mm. Not in a massive way, but it is. Yeah. Something that I do like, though, and this is more to do with um, the coronavirus, and I know it's a really, really weird, random segue that I'm going into right now. Do you remember the, the product called Folding at Home? Yes. Do you remember PS3 had it and you could leave your console on and it would help solve cancer or whatever the case is? Yeah, right? I don't remember how much well, it sold. Well, <laughs> it's back again. Okay. Um, this time for PC and specifically for coronavirus, okay. COVID-19. 
Um, for those who don't know, Folding at Home is a, is a software application that you can install on your PC, which used to be available on consoles. And what it does is it uses distributed computing power to help analyze data faster. Okay. So it's a really cool way of slacktivism. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you aren't really going to... Machine learning, basically. <laughs> yes. It's like if you're not really going to go out into the world to make a difference, you could just leave your computer on and make a difference that way. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it, one you way. You help with the research. Yes, you help with the research. It's, it's great. I think it's a great little Look, notion. Now that we're on the topic of um, coronavirus, yeah. I do want to talk about something else. Yeah. And that is America's Waffle Index. <laughs> what? <laughs> that sounds like something Please, dirty. not Blue Waffle. Do not go and Google Don't that. Google that's that. not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about the Waffle House Index. So this was a, a fascinating topic that came around recently because, as many of you know, COVID-19 is everywhere. And, well, okay, it's liter- literally and figuratively. I actually just meant in the news everywhere, but it is also all over the world now. Yeah. And because of that, it's officially been classified as a pandemic. Yep. All right? Just like two days ago. Correct. Now, it turns out that the US actually has a metric for evaluating how severe a pandemic or natural disaster is. And it's called the Waffle House Index. That's so <laughs> weird. I know. And essentially what it does is it's a measure of disaster that's been put in place by FEMA. Uh, for those who don't know, FEMA is the, the federal emergency management system in the US. All right. Okay. And it looks at determining the effect of a storm and the likely scale of assistance required for disaster recovery. So essentially, if the Waffle House is still open, mm-hmm. the storm's not so bad. Okay. <laughs> if they're only serving coffee the storm is pretty bad. Okay. <laughs> Which means they can't use gas. If the Waffle House is closed, yeah. you better hunker down and get into your bunker. Because, <laughs> because the storm is not to play with. Now, apparently this comes from the fact that Waffle Houses are incredibly well prepared for disaster relief just in general. They're like some of the few places to open up in, initially to help people in disaster times, as well as one of the last places to close during a disaster. So what you're saying is I should just hang around the Waffle House <laughs> as much as I possibly can. Basically, if, you, if, you, if there's real estate around a Waffle House, you'll be safe. Okay. That's <laughs> prime real estate. Yes. <laughs> That's super interesting. It's really altruistic. Oh, speaking of altruistic, as it turns out, Pornhub is very altruistic. Oh, hashtag Pornhub to the rescue. Yeah, that single life hashtag or <laughs> whatever it was called. Um, Basically, um, as you know, because of the coronavirus, Italy is at basically a lockdown. Yeah, that's correct. That's um, correct. So this beautiful porn company <laughs> decided to give everyone in Italy a free subscription for the month. Uh, just hold on, I need to make sure my VPN is active. <laughs> yeah, like, like NordVPN, hello. Like, <laughs> Please sponsor us. <laughs> Again? Um, no, look, look that, that's great. Honestly, like, you often hear about this company and... The thing that strikes me so much about it is that they're always doing altruistic things. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, whether, it's, whether it's planting more trees to help with climate change or now giving free premium subscription to all the people in Italy who are now quarantined at home, definitely an awesome yeah. thing. I mean, well, um, on top of that, all the profits for March is also going towards research and development. See, that's fantastic. Okay. And, yeah. and we all know that they make billions of dollars yes. a year. Like hundreds of billions. So, I mean, it's phenomenal. So I guess Thank you, porn, porn does pay. <laughs> porn does pay. Like, you know, I'll be absolutely honest with this. I don't see a point in subscribing. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's so much available online that, you know, you can get what you need for free. They right? have a huge catalog. But with that said, because of all the news that I always hear about them, I'm like, it's kind of like Maybe subbing to your favorite streamer. Yes. Yeah. Just subscribe. That's just pretty because much. you know that it's going to go to a good cause. Exactly. You know, like, I really think that's that's fantastic. Just give them two bucks for the month and say thanks. You know, <laughs> enjoy Look, the premium benefits. <laughs> given that we're on this topic, I need to talk about something else. Yeah. It's called juice jacking. Oh, no, I know that sounds like, bad. You make given, it sound bad. <laughs> given the topic that we're just busy coming from. Uh-huh. But this is actually a little bit... <laughs> but it's a little bit more serious, I guess. Um, and juice jacking is a term that they've given to hackers who try to break into devices using malicious code. Okay. Now, understand, this is not, uh, not wirelessly. We're talking about physical access. And it normally takes place in, like, you know, free public areas like malls, hotels, airports, where, you know, they have free USB chargers and things like that. But not Wi-Fi. Not Wi-Fi, not Wi-Fi. This is, so this is physical connection. So essentially, juice jacking is like, let's say you go to a Starbucks, right? Yes. And in the Starbucks, you see a cable lying there connected into the wall. And you're like, oh, I need to charge my phone. And you yes. plug it in. Boom. That's how juice jacking gets access to your device. Okay, so how does it work? So my understanding is that essentially there's malicious code that is somehow within these cables or USB ports. Maybe in a chip or on some level, the hackers have done something to maybe even the port that's sitting in the Starbucks. Okay. Okay. I know it seems a little bit far reaching, but it's just, it's kind of like how people skim card numbers at ATMs. You know how they put a fake, a a fake skimmer, exactly. And you don't know, and you put your card and you pull it out and you wonder why it's not working. Okay. So I would assume it might be something like that where maybe they've put something over a USB port or the cable that you're looking at, which looks normal for all intents and purposes, isn't. Okay. Actually, like like a hacked device. I can see that being an issue. So, like, I was wondering now, as an iPhone user, Mm -hmm. how affected are we? Yeah. So, it turns out that if you're an Android user, you're more susceptible to these kinds of attacks. Okay. As an iOS user, thankfully, iOS has that pop-up, which I'm sure you've seen. If you've ever yeah, connected uh, your do device... Yeah, you trust this computer? Correct, correct. That's the first line of defense. Obviously, if you click trust without thinking, mm. whatever juice-jacking appliance you've plugged your device into will get hacked, that's, unfortunately. That's also... Yeah, because if you plug it into a normal outlet, you just need to unlock your phone and that's it. But if you plug it into a computer, it will always ask, do you trust Correct. it? Correct. So I assume the chip will give you the computer message. Yes. So that what, what we're saying is if you're an iOS user mm-hmm. and you plug your device into something that doesn't look like a computer and is meant to only charge your device and you get that warning, that's a problem. Unplug okay, the device. Okay, okay. Now, um, researchers have said one of the easiest ways to combat this is to obviously use your own cable, number mm-hmm. one. And number two, use your own power banks. So don't just go into any random place and use a USB because uh, you don't know what could be behind it. Yeah. That okay. That's actually wow. Yeah, right. Scary actually to be think about it. Yeah. Gosh. As if we didn't have to worry enough about coronavirus. Right. Now you need to worry about juice jacking. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds very bad. Well, now that I think about it, um it this is it only now that it's coming up or is it retroactive? The reason I'm asking is because I assume when you go to events and when you, many people need to plug in their phones. Correct. You're talking about like big public events, right? Yeah, like, like let's say E3. Um, oh, E3. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so on that topic. For, okay. 
for those of you who have been following Vamers and if you know myself and Edward, you'll know that in the past I've attended E3 on several occasions. It is a phenomenal event. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful from a networking perspective and seeing all of these indie developers as well as AAA developers and you get hands-on time with titles and so on and so forth. This year, 2020, was actually the year where Edward was going to go for the very first time yeah. with myself as a part of Vamers. <laughs> but now, unfortunately... Unfortunately, it has been cancelled yeah. uh, because of the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, not only does that put into perspective just how worrisome the coronavirus actually is, but it's really a shame for the gaming industry as a whole. Um, yeah. I know that for a while people have been wondering about whether E3 was going to die a slow death. Yeah, because it um, seemed that way. But yeah, it did yeah. For, for the longest time. But there's more to it than that. So over the years, they've tried to make it more viable to normal citizens. And by mm-hmm. normal, I mean people who are not press or developers or, you know, so and so Especially on. recently. Especially recently. Yeah. However, the people who are really going to feel this and be most impacted by it are the small indie devs I was, who need the networking. See, I was wondering about that. I, I saw Jason Schreier tweet about it. Correct. And, like, obviously, I'm not someone that knows how to network much. Um, why would they be impacted this much by it? Is it because of the meetings? Yes. Oh. So, essentially... The- one of the great things about E3 is how it's a global event. Yes. Meaning that there are developers and PR people and marketing agencies from around the world, mm-hmm. all located in one central space. Oh, uh, so you can, it's obviously good for me. Yes. So for example, let's say, let's take us. Let's yeah. assume we were building a video game, right? Yeah. And we were now self-funding the entire thing and we now want to hopefully become published. Mm-hmm. We take a chance and we go through to E3 and we line up a whole lot of meetings with a variety of possible investors and marketing companies, developers, publishers, and so on and so forth. And let's assume of the several hundred meetings we, we make, one or two are successful. Yeah. That is a huge boost to you as an indie developer. But in addition to that, though, it's also just the general networking. Yeah. So you just mentioned Jason Schreier, right, yes. as an example. If you go to E3, there's a good chance you might actually bump into meet him. him yeah. And meet him. Say hello. Because everyone who works in this industry are they're really generally wonderful people, yeah. and they want the best for everyone. You know, come you know, contrary to what everybody believes about yeah, how everybody's always against everybody like a else. Shark. But, but it's not really. Um, maybe locally, but internationally, it's a different, a different scenario. Everybody actually works to support each other. Yeah, and that to me is the saddest part. It's of actually super being cancelled. Yeah. yeah, but but now I'm wondering. It's called the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Yes, wouldn't like we now know that xbox it's going to try to do a digital thing during the same time don't you think going electronic for the expo is the future that's a great question yeah with my concerns of e3 being cancelled is more to do with the networking aspect Mm. so i have no doubt that the bigger publishers you know like warner brothers who apparently are going to be talking about a new batman game um, as well as linking it to the the, the, the Batman movie that's coming. Oh, okay. And Xbox and PlayStation and Nintendo and so on and so forth will all have really good digital presentations mm. for consumers to enjoy. Okay. But that still doesn't help the indie developer. Yeah. With that said, if you do have or if you do follow indie developers online, people whose games you 
enjoy or maybe you follow in Kickstarter, if you want to help them, retweet, like what they do, share on Facebook. Anything you do to help an indie developer will mm. go a long way to possibly getting a publisher to notice them because they don't have the opportunity now to meet them physically or in person. Oh, okay. So that would be my advice so it, for it gamers out there. It makes it just more difficult for pretty the much, pretty much. Guy. So like, yeah, the bigger publishers are not going to have are not going to have an issue. Yeah. I mean, Nintendo's been doing digital for streams now. for years now. Yeah. So the rest of them are just going to follow. Mm. It's more to do with the indie developer okay. and not now having the opportunity to network with um, even like written publications. Like for example, imagine somebody goes and we meet with them. Yeah. Like, sure, we're a small publication, but us pushing their news is still a step in the right direction for them because mm. it means they're getting content it's out into views. the world onto Google. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Okay. Wow. Look, as awful as it is, right, mm. it is also in many ways a good thing that it's been cancelled this mm. year. And we all know it's because of COVID-19. Yes. I mean, GDC has been cancelled. E3 has been cancelled. Um, flights from Europe to the US have been put on hold. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on at the moment. On a positive note, yeah. If you can even call it a positive note. Oh. Um, Cobalt is now going outside. Uh, oh. For those of you who don't know, if you don't follow us on socials, um, Cobalt is a new cat that I adopted in January. He's beautiful. He's cute. He's also a little bastard. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he now um, has discovered the backyard. Okay. Um, and that's because we kept him in- inside for about two months because you know, he's still very much a kitten. and we, There are other animals around, so we just wanted to make sure he'd be safe. And now we can't get him back in the house. <laughs> it's, a sh- it's a whole new world out there. And he loves it. He really, really does. And and just randomly, again, I didn't even look for this topic, but it turns out that if you let cats out, they're actually detrimental to the environment around where you live. Because they kill mice or more? Anything. They kill anything and everything. Birds, mice, whatever they can get their hand, their claws on. Their sorry. claws on. Sorry. So apparently researchers um, fit these geolocating straps to 925 pet cats. Wow. Okay. Which is a lot. So yeah, it's a very, that's, that's a, a good, massive it's a good sample size. It's a good yeah. sample size. And they found that over a course of a month, Cats kill between two and ten times more wildlife than native predators. That is insane. It's because they are so abundant, maybe. What, because your cats are abundant? Yeah. I just presume so. Because 900 cats is not a tiny number. <laughs> and, you know, like, so the little things in it, like how a tabby cat, right, a normal person's tabby cat, mm-hmm. has a range of, now, although we don't use blocks in South Africa... It's an international term. Yeah. Where each tabby cat has a range of about 10 blocks, but now you have tabby cats living next door to each other. Yeah. So you can just imagine the massive scale of all of these Decimating cats. wildlife. Decimating wildlife. Gosh. I mean, and, and it made me think because like I, I watch Cobalt. Now look, he has, he's still a baby. He's yeah. only about like three months old, three and a half months. And he watches those birds. <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to bring <laughs> to one of those one. in one of these days. <laughs> Wow. That's something you never think about. Exactly. Wow. Okay, well, there we go. We've reached the Jeez, end of yeah. episode five. <laughs> a mini life update thing, which is, which is not better. as down as I thought we would have ended. Yeah, because, the, the E3 and the whole COVID-19 thing is obviously, it's, it's really it's just bummer. putting a downer on everything. Yeah. Um, look, everyone out there, be safe. Yeah. Please practice safe hygiene. Yes. Look after yourselves. Look after those you love. 
mean, enjoy yourselves, but be responsible. Yeah. You know? And that's it, I guess. Yeah, on that note, thank you for joining us. And thank you for listening. We always appreciate it. And we look forward to seeing you for episode six. six. Until next week. Have a lovely one. Bye. Bye.